Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with a survivor named Aubrey, and Aubrey was in a toxic relationship with a narcissist who loved to isolate. It's a story of pettiness, being trustworthy, nuanced lies, and bullying children. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of toxic relationships. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad, and thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now, before we get to our episode with Aubrey, I just want to first thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you have not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star written review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you have not been to our website recently at NarcissistApocalypse.com and you want to be part of our show, at the top of the page, there's a button that says guest form click on that button takes you to guest form you fill it out we go from there however there's another way to be on our show at narcissistapocalypse.com there's a floating button on the side of the page that's for our letters to our narcissist compilation episode if you want to read a letter and be on our show you click on that send voicemail button it records up to five minutes you need more than five minutes press it twice you need more than 10 minutes, press it a third time. We're accumulating these letters for our letters to my narcissist compilation episode. And if you do not want to read the letter yourself and you want me or my old pal Melissa to read it instead, please send an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com and put letters to my narcissist in the subject line. Other things that are going on. At our website, we are offering high-conflict parenting courses that can be found at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we have now partnered with an online parenting company, and many of the courses we are offering were created by Bill Eddy. And if you listened to our episode last year with a divorce lawyer named Helen, you'll know that Bill Eddy is an expert 
in dealing with these individuals in court. And now he's helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help support your children too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family courts across the country. So if you want to support the show and are looking for guidance, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. And what else do we got here on our list here today? Um, Our Patreon, yes. Our Patreon's up and running. We have episodes that have never made it to air. We have old uh, episodes uh, or people, uh, comeback guests we've had on there. We've had uh, episodes of myself and my old pal Melissa where we talk about random kind of things. But we also have uh, support groups on there every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Uh, we have a support group uh, through our Patreon, and we also have every other Wednesday at 9 p.m. as well. And, you know, on Saturday we had uh, a good group of people uh, there, some old people. We had some new people. We had a good time. Everyone chatted with each other. Uh, if you want to join our Patreon, it's $5 a month. You get support groups every single week, and it helps support our show. And that is at patreon.com slash narcissist apocalypse. And I think that's pretty much it. Um, this was our second time recording for myself and Aubrey. And the first time we got a bunch in, we just needed to redo it again, get a little bit more points in there, emphasize some things. And we did it this time. So I really want to thank Aubrey for being on the show with me. And sharing her story, this uh, episode also involves uh, her child a lot as well. And you'll find out why. And that's it, everyone. Uh, I'm going to get out of my way and your way. I am rambling. Here is my episode, my conversation, my interview with Aubrey. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. With me today, I have Aubrey. How are you? I'm good. Well, I just want to thank you for being on the show with me today. We're about to tell your story. It's a relationship story, but the story also involves a discussion of your son because he had to go through bullying from your ex as well. And most of the bullying was done in a way where you didn't know it was going on. And it's an interesting part of your story and your experience with your son and, and this relationship as well. So uh, thank you very much for being here with me today and i'm just going to get out of my way and your way aubrey the floor is now yours okay um so before talking about my ex um just to give some background on me um i can i grew up in a big family i have there's five of us in my family um and i'm the middle child and i was kind of um not kind of i my, parent, my mom had been married before with the top three siblings, and then so I was my mom and my dad's first child together. Um, and I was never a problem. Uh, I think I was probably the easiest kid in the family. Um, and it was just like I never really, like, I when I look at all of us collectively and, like, think about growing up, it's like I think I definitely had it good. And, like, I was a valedictorian. You know, I never got in trouble. Like, so I was just very trustworthy with everything, too. Um, so after high school, I had gone to college for a couple of years, but then, uh, it wasn't really working out because when you get to college, um, people don't make sure that you're doing things and like, so you can kind of just miss school and fail. And so it was like, well, clearly I shouldn't be doing this. I'm just wasting money. Um, and so I had decided to join, uh, the military at that time. 
because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kept switching my majors and I was like, well, I'll just do this for a little while. And then after, and I'll either love it and stay in or I'll get out after I'm done. Um, so I was in the military for five years, uh, and I had gotten married while I was in, and I had my son at that point. Um, and then I only did my five years. I was definitely ready to get out. Uh, and I moved back to where I had started college to finish my degree. Um, and then my older sister and I at this time were, were pretty close friends and she had moved back to the Northeast. And so when I decided to go to grad school, I wanted to look for schools that could put me closer to her because we just really enjoyed being around each other so much. Um, so when I did move back, though, for grad school, that was the same year that my ex-husband and I had divorced. Um, and that one was really, it was, it was just kind of, it was very amicable. We were still friends afterward. Um, it, it was really just kind of, we were two different people that really probably should have never been married. We did not have much in common at all besides, I guess, our son and uh, maybe shopping. He did like to shop. Um, so that it was, it was totally, it was a fine divorce. There wasn't really a problem there. Um, but I did have custody. And so I moved back to the Northeast and my ex-husband had moved to California. Um, and then eventually he ended up moving back to the Northeast too, because he didn't want to be away from his son so far. So then at that point, we all lived up in the Northeast. Um, so after I finished school or while I'm in school, um, at this time I buy a house and I have my own car and my mom and my younger sister and I all live in this house that I bought. Um, and then eventually, uh, my other sister and her two kids would move into this house too. Uh, so we were all living together, but at the same time, I was also like having to drive an hour and 10, 10 to 20 minutes every day just to get back and forth from work. Um, so I was really, you know, I, I know how fortunate I was, but I, you know, I never had to put my son in daycare, um, because I always had my family to rely on. And so it was like, definitely for me, it was, um, I guess sort of like a symbiotic relationship in some way, you know, that, um, I, you know, I was providing them a home and paying for certain things and that in turn, I could trust that the people who were raising my kid, that I, I trusted them to do that. Um, so a couple years into, after I had started uh, my job, well, I guess before that, so as when I was finishing up grad school is when uh, my ex kind of like came back into, or he came into my life at that time. Um, we had actually known each other before that, and we had met in the military um, because we were both in the same school for our field. And for everyone who's listening, uh, explaining this, um, just to be a little bit more clear, is that the uh, the person now we're talking about, the ex, uh, is uh, the narcissist in this story. So you have your ex who you were married to, and that's one person, and now we have uh, the ex-narcissist that you're now discussing. Correct. Yes. Yes. So um, when we when, when we both were in, he's two years younger than me and he was like fresh out of high school. Um, and he was like pretty scrawny looking, um, and you know, just a very young man. Um, and he was kind of always getting in trouble when we were in school together. And my boyfriend, while I was in school, even ended up being his roommate because of him being my ex being a problematic, uh, person. Um, and I mean, I found out later that 
it was very justified why he was considered a problematic uh, person. Um, and it, it had actually involved to like a pretty serious like injury to another person. And so clearly there was violence, but I had, I didn't know what about it at this time. Um, so we, we weren't in the same like actual, I guess, section of our field that we were in. Um, and so when I had graduated, um, I never saw him again. Um, and then I didn't actually kind of, I, it wasn't until Facebook where like he came up as like a suggested friend. Um, and I was just like, no way that can't be him. Like, cause now he was like a man and he looked great. And I was like, that cannot be like the same guy that was just no way. Um, and so we became Facebook friends at that point. Um, and I would say at this point, I wasn't really, I guess, the flirting, but it kind of now that knowing now what I didn't know then, it definitely was like just the thing that he does on social media. Uh, but he would start making comments on all my photos and posts and like liking things all the time. Um, and at this point, too, he's also divorced from his ex-wife, but they're living together. Um, and they have plans to get have their, a second wedding. Like they've decided they're going to remarry. Um, and I, so, uh, yeah. So I guess yeah. I'll talk. I think this is an appropriate place to put in. Like, I guess like what happens here in my in my head as far as timelines go. Because at this point, um, they do get married again in like 2010, I think, um, and then he had started seeing somebody else. Um, and so it was, it's, you're not allowed to do that when you're in the military, especially because he was a superior and she was a subordinate. Um, and so he ends up getting in trouble for that. And like, it has to go to, he has to go to like the military prison and all of that stuff. Um, and that the reason that he had even any of that was because of his ex-wife had actually reported the affair um, on him. So, uh, so he goes to jail. Um, and then while he's there, the person that he was in the relationship with that he had cheated on his wife with, um, has a new relationship and he has like no idea that they are together anymore. But this also puts him in a place where now he has nowhere else to go or to stay. Um, so he just packs everything he can fit into his car and just moves back to his parents' house. Um, and so it's now like two, 2012, um, when he gets back onto the East Coast, and he lives about two or four hours away from me, and we—I don't really interact with him much on anything on his page, but he's like definitely interacting with me on my page, and um, always very supportive. And like my sister made a, a like a snippy comment about a photo that I had posted, and you know, then he like comes back with like a you look great and it's too bad you don't live here or live close to me so we could date each other and stuff like that. So we started um, talking more on Facebook and eventually exchanged phone numbers. And now we're like talking every day, all day. Uh, he's listening to the podcasts I like. Um, he's starting to go out hiking more. He's sending me pictures of things and asking me what they are. Um, and even before we had met in person the first time, uh, he had made a comment of, a, of was just like, I'm probably going to fall in love with you. And it's just like, oh, yeah, probably, you know, but and that's just my own, my own self-confidence. <laughs> so, yeah, so we finally decided that we would meet, right? Um, um, and it ended up being like we met in, in a location that was like kind of close for 
or halfway for both of us. And, um, it was like the best first date ever. Like we went, we went to dinner, we talked all night. We were up until the sun came up. Um, we were just catching up on, you know, our marriages, our kids, when they were born. Um, and it's during this period of, you know, the vulnerability where I find out his ex-wife is just completely horrible because of course she is. Um, and it's when he was overseas, like, this is like, he's like a total victim. He was overseas and uh, that she cheats on him because she, she wasn't getting enough attention. And um, so, of course, when he comes back, it's like, well, forget that. We're, we're over. That's the first divorce. Um, and then even, like, for remarrying and, like, the way he explains, like, she won't let him talk to the kids. She makes him into a monster. Uh, she doing like all these horrible things like if she's totally trying to turn them against him so that they don't want to ever talk to him again um yeah and their first marriage was similar to me and my husband too like they just did like a, a justice of the peace type of thing and he had like never told his family about it um and I think it was like for a while like that he didn't actually even tell them they had no idea he was married um, and his whole family interaction is like a thing that is very, I mean, it's more for, in my opinion, it's more of him just thinking that they owe him something all the time. Like he has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Always. So, so you at this point, uh, have now remet this guy after all of these years, he's gone from being a boy to a man. So in your eyes, he went from being kind of unattractive to the, uh, the type of guy that y- you would be into. And he's playing the victim in all of these ways. Plus he has a lot in common with you, at least the, the shared um, pain or experience of your first uh, marriage and, you know, getting married young and everything that goes along with that, having kids. So you have all these things that you're able to bond over. Are you uh, hooked here or is there uh, more kind more things that like officially then, put the the hook in you were like okay this guy's the guy um i would say i was probably hooked at that point okay <laughs> i mean the next day um because the next day was like mother's day and of course there was just like uh he had gone home and he had even stopped and got his mom a mother's day card um, on the way and he was so happy and you know like all of this other stuff and it was just like of course just about I had the best time and just all of it you know you're the best you're so this you're so that you're not like anybody else I've ever been with um, you know he's gushing over me to his mom that I'm the total package um, like just all of those things so I mean it was yeah it was definitely. And, and, your, and your self-esteem at that point has taken a giant boost. I don't know where it was before. Uh, and, you know, this guy really likes you. And, you know, with the love bombing and all that, a family guy oriented, you know, suits everything you need. Are there a red, besides like the those little red flags that you've already kind of uh, touched upon, are there anything else like in this time that uh, maybe you let slide that you saw? 
Yeah. So because he hadn't, we had just kind of, even though we lived four hours away, we would do like weekends together. And, you know, of course, in the summer, there's a ton of holidays. Well, there's two, but um, like, of course, we would do holidays together. Uh, And he ended up getting stuck up where I live for like a few weeks at one point because of somebody vandalizing his car and like just the whole insurance thing and then having it worked out and stuff. So while he had done that, we were actually staying up at a place closer to my office. And so, I mean, yeah, it was like perfect. We got to talk about our future. We got to do like all that stuff. So I think that was probably like, I know it was definitely by my birthday of that year that I already had been told that he loved me a hundred percent. And I know I had said it to him too. Like there undoubtedly, which would have been, from the first time that we met after, I mean, we probably talked for about a couple months, maybe three months tops when we really started like picking up talking to each other. Um, and then, so we met in May of that year on, on Mother's Day. And then, yeah, so by about six weeks later, I guess, or maybe no, like five weeks later, we were already telling each other we loved each other. Um, and of course, planning our entire future. So the like the next six months before he moves in is there's a lot of things that of course are red flags. Um, so at first my mom and my dog didn't really like him. Uh, and like every time that he would come stay up at my house, I would have to like wash all the bedding and vacuum everything because he does the same for me with his cats because of my allergies, but he just didn't like my dog. And that's why he didn't want her in my room or on my bed. Um, and I remember we went to go see fireworks once and we had taken my son and his friends in his car and they must have like touched the windows or something. Well, they, I guess they definitely touched the windows and they left fingerprints and he was like serious the next day about like, they're never touching the windows again or blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was just like, wait, are you serious? Like you have kids though. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it was just like, you're being ridiculous. Um, and then yeah, he would go through my phone while I was sleeping, which um, he would use against me as far as just like, you're not telling me the truth about this or that. But, um, but yeah, so he had gone through my phone and I had to like ask somebody else, another, another man who had helped me with uh, putting together a couch at one point or taking it apart. Like, Hey, where did those screws go? And he just like, he waits till I leave his house and I'm like an hour away and then he just starts texting me about, did so-and-so help you find your screws? Did he come over? And, and it's just like, oh, my God, no. But I felt like crap because, you know, oh, my gosh, he doesn't trust me. And I can't believe he went through my phone. And uh, why like, why would I do that? I'm not, you know, like, this is amazing. I never would want to do this or, like, ruin what's happening right now. Um, and, that yeah, he was always, like, he would be jealous of any of my exes that, like at all and like would always want to know like intimate details of those relationships and it would like I would always just be like why are you asking me this like why do you care who wants to hear these things and he would just brush it off that like he's always been that way with everybody and he just wants to know everything they've done and stuff like that and I'm like whatever like fine um and then there was uh you know like his ex-wife at one point had when he told her like I I'm ready like we they weren't divorced officially yet because neither one of them had the money to file for it um and then by the time that he was just like I want a divorce I've met someone new uh and then she was, she told him to tell me good luck and I was just like well what does that mean 
Like, I don't understand that at all. Um, and then even his mom, too. Like, when I was talking to her once, she was like, yeah, he's great now, but that's just now. And it was like, no, I don't think so. I think that I just know him in a way nobody else knows him, you know, and that, you know, even though he can be an asshole sometimes, like, you know, he also... Like, it could, you know, who knows? Who knows what he thought while he was overseas? And, like, you know, at this point, I don't feel like I know probably enough about anything to actually know much about whether he is just always this way or not. And So when, when we talk about things like him going through your phone and, you know, stuff with uh, the guys in the phone – and he's uh, being controlling because, you know, that's what it is. Um, your thought process during this time is let's just wait and see. It's early. Like maybe this is this will stop or, you know, this is just kind of what's going on now. This might change. And, you know, because of everything that has already happened, you're like, you know, everything's so good. Let's just put this aside right now and hope that it doesn't happen again. And I would say that it, it didn't really, he, the only then, because of course I didn't, I wouldn't do things that he didn't want me to do if they made him so uncomfortable or feel like I didn't love him or whatever. Um, and I think that the only other time that it really ever became relevant after that is that he, when I got moved onto his cell phone plan, um, he was able then to see like our timestamps on our text messages back and forth to each other. So going through my phone at that point, it would just be like, oh, well, I know there was a message at this time. You know, like, so then, of course, it was like, well, definitely not going to, not going to text anything that <laughs> would be, you know, anywhere in this conversation where he would like try to tie this together in some weird way that we're lying to him or something like that because. So, so just so just to kind of go back there one second. So when he did those things, you were like, I'll do this because that makes him happy. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Because he also, like, the things with, um, like, he wanted me to take all pictures. He didn't think I should have any of the pictures of me and my exes on any of my social media accounts um, because he ha- he doesn't have any of him and his exes. Um so he like I, I wouldn't so I would stop doing those things because if that bothered him and you know who cares like it wasn't a big deal like stop and just stop doing those things um, it of course turns into a huge deal later <laughs> but uh, like yeah so I I didn't really I didn't really mind um, he you know he was also like he didn't really have a lot of friends and like I was always surprised by that because I. I was only in the military for five years. Um, he was in for like, like 14 or 15 or something like that. And like that he doesn't really have like friends where I was like, I can pick up with so many people, like no problem. And it's like from all of these different facets of my life, like, you know, high school, college, military, second college, like, and it just kind of, it was weird, but that was like that to me was just sort of like, huh, I was like, you don't really have any close friends, do you? Like that's strange. Like Yeah, so I always thought that was weird. Um and at the same though, I just kind of like felt like he had kind of had like a rough go of things after listening to his stories of um, you know, his parents wouldn't pay for him to go to college and that 
his only choice was to join the military, even though he had a scholarship um, for sports, but it wasn't a full scholarship. So he was going to have to, I don't know, get loans or maybe he didn't want to do loans and that his parents had paid for his sister to go to school. And so he had a lot of resentment towards them for that, um, which, of course, then I found out that there's very good reasons why his parents were like, hell no, we are not going to pay for you to go to college. Like he, uh, his mom described him once as predictably unpredictable, but also he got into trouble a lot too. Okay. <laughs> so it, was, it was like, yeah, I, I get why your parents were like, no, we're not investing in you. <laughs> like, and, you know, of course we're still, he's, we're talking about, we get married one day. We should have a baby one day. Um, he's helping like teach my son things and um, just all the things that of course I, I wanted. Um, and so, so yeah, so it was great. And so I actually, the school that he was in and the program he was in, uh, I looked up that, you know, the, my alma mater had the same thing and I was just like, Oh, and it was like a top of the, like the, top of the country type of school for this exact program. And um, so it was like, oh, well, this works out and you know, it's not that far and you can come live with me and go to school there. And uh, that way he would also be getting a bachelor's as opposed to just a, an associate's degree. Um, and, you know, it would work out. And so that was when it was decided after he finished his fall semester of um, 2013, he then moved up to my house um, and then we so so now he's moved in <laughs> and, and let's explain to everyone that you don't live alone your um family lives there as well correct yeah so i had mentioned before that um that was my older sister and her two kids uh my younger sister and my mother um and then me and my son also live in the house too so it was really crowded um and in that same time, I had also, um, at work, I, I wasn't going to be like let go for so many, so many weeks a year. And I, so I had ended up that now I was going to be going to work more during the year. Um, and where I work to get to my office, it was like an, like I said, like an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. So during this time, like after he's moved in, um, I think it was probably after maybe six months or so that we started looking, I started looking towards moving closer to where I work. That way I could be home more. I, I wouldn't waste so much gas and, you know, I could be there to do homework, with, help him with things and make dinner. And, and of course, spend time with my ex and all of that. So, um, yeah, so yes, it's a very, very crowded house, but, and, and like after he had moved into that was, this is kind of when um, like the rules did change. Like he seemed to want to help because he knew I did have to drive so far and that I couldn't be home, you know, when my son got out of school. Um, and so he would like make sure help, he would help him with his homework and he would make sure, you know, that he took off his uniform and put it away or put it in the hamper and that he didn't make his drawers a mess and that he didn't overeat snacks and so, you know, he was doing things that I couldn't be there to do kind of also at the same time. Um, but making it also kind of like rules too at the same time, like how long you know he can be on the, the his, his Game Boy thingies and things like that or watching TV and what time they should go to bed and like just 
all of those things that it was, you know, but at the same time, it was just, it was a thing like, it was like, yes, you know, structure would definitely help. And there are a lot of us in this house. And if we just all did what we wanted and left stuff everywhere, it would be a mess and things like that. So um, it was really crowded uh, when we lived there. And one of the things he started doing after he had moved in was that he would like take pictures of every time he did something he wasn't supposed to like, shoved his shirt in the drawer and then closed it, but it was still hanging halfway out of the drawer or finding trash in his backpack or like anything like that. Like it was just like, and I think even during this time before we moved out of the house with everybody um, that he had uh, messaged me at work and it was just like, if I ever leave you, it will be because of your son, you know, just because he's initially, <laughs> I was just initially, my son was great and all of this stuff. But then after he moved in, it was like, oh my gosh, he's the worst. And you're the horrible bomb and like stuff like that. So that, that was, I, I think that I probably had even admitted to him, like, you know, how I am fortunate that I I've always felt very fortunate that I was able to go to school and have my family support me the way that they did with my son. And but at the same time that I kind of had felt bad that I couldn't be there for so much of it at the same time. And like, especially in the summer, because then too, when I went from like being in school where in the summer, if I did field work, I was just bringing my son with me all the time. And so it was just, it really kind of changed that, you know, I, I wasn't really, I didn't really feel like I was being a responsible parent. And so he knew that about me too. And I, I like thinking about it, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was used against me after admitting it to. Um, and yeah. And so, and then that was the other thing while we were living together before we moved out um, for my family that uh, he would, um, he had given me an ultimatum because my, all of my, everyone was on my cell phone plan um, at the time. And he, he was like, if they're not off your cell phone plan by this date, he was like, like, I'm, I'm breaking up with you or like, I'm done. Um, and I was just like, what? Like, really? And he was like, this is like for your own good. You're doing too much. They're not pulling their own weight, like all of this stuff. And like, at the same time, I had talked to another friend of mine and I was like explaining to her, like everybody who lives in the house and like the problems with my sister and why she had to move in and, um, and you know, that my mom was there and, and my other sister and she, you know, even this friend was just like, wow, it's really nice of you to take care of them all that way. And like, so it kind of had validated sort of like, he's not wrong. Like maybe he is helping me, you know? Yeah. We didn't used to all live together like this and rely, like rely on each other so much. We all had our own cell phone plans. We all had our own places to live, our own things, you know? And it was like, yeah. So like, that that is totally normal and that's the life I want back. I don't really want to live a life where I live with seven people in my house and it's chaos all the time. So he so, yeah, so, so, so he used of, this like uh kernel of truth to uh get your family uh you know to move, to get them off the plans and also make it seem like he has your best interest uh, at heart, 
um, that you need to be this more independent person and everyone kind of needs to separate and he's on your side where really in reality what was going on was, you know, he's exerting, you know, a form of uh, control and also uh, isolating you uh, in a way from your family or, or getting them out of the way so they can't put up a stink of seeing day-to-day things. And also in this process, he has uh, isolated you in a way or wedged himself between you and your son. Um, and, you know, eventually we're going to get to, you know, because your son eventually plays a, a way bigger role in this story. So, um, and, and as far as, uh, the abuse goes, um, uh, so after that, you you know, your family moves out and now it's just you, him and, uh, your son. Uh, so once that happens, how does everything at that point start to change? Uh, so I guess like initially, like, so yeah, we find this place and it's like kind of crappy. And so we, you know, we paint it and we like change it into something familiar in a home. We have a yard. Um, he puts up a swing on the tree. He builds a fire pit so we can have fires at night. Um, we set, he sets up an area for the gardens. Like it kind of seemed great. (laughs) Um, except now because we also didn't have my niece and my nephew around, because that was always a thing, too, that was a conflict in the house, was that why does, you know, why does my cousin get to do it, but I don't get to do it kind of a thing. And, you know, so it was just like, oh, of course, like, so this is another reason. If we move out, like, this this won't be a problem. We'll follow the rules, and, it, you know, it, there won't be any more of this, like, it's weird. Why does he get to do it, and I don't get to do it? But, and so that was one of the things with when we moved out that it was like, okay, so this is when things are going to be done. Like, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. Like, when you get home from school, you'll do your homework. Um, you know, you'll, be in the ba- you'll be in the shower by this time. You'll only eat, like, he set a timer so that he wasn't wasting water. Um, he would limit the amounts of snacks and like how he could have them. So if he wanted cookies, it was like, what is the serving size? Okay. You can have that many kind of a thing. Um, and he also like, there was a, oh wait, oh yeah. Nobody was allowed to come over for big dinners. Like if so, if I had wanted to host like Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or whatever, he was just like, that's never happening. This place is too small. You guys can just go there. That's easier. And so, um, so yeah, so there's that. And then on top of that, like, he didn't really like people coming over kind of in general. Like, so even like with, if wanted a friend to come over too, um, that it was just always kind of like, it was nothing like when we lived in the other house and it was just like, he could have his friend come over all the time. Um, and so, uh, after like, right as we had moved out to, um, my ex-husband, uh, had he had passed away too so uh so here we are you know we're switching schools um you know like midweek switching schools um he's 12 at this time um and at this like this the very weekend before his dad passes and I have to tell him about that and so it it was like again it was just I felt like oh and now we're going to move out and like it's going to be great and uh, my ex is going to be this father figure and, you know, and I want a family. And that was something that he, of course, had said he wanted to. So I think that 
we felt that when we did this, we would now be a family. And that the only reason that we weren't that way was because, of course, we had to live with all of these other people. And that just was you know, too much. So so that was kind of, that was how we had felt at that point when we, we did. Like stuff started, there was stuff that was like just started happening. But like some of it I didn't really know about. Like, so you always be grounded constantly. And this was always a big, like, I guess like a hot topic for us of, of arguments because instead of like, so whatever the punish the crime was that he did, who knows, it could be as petty as like, you didn't put trash where you were supposed to put it in this trash can. It never goes in this other trash can. Um, so it would be something like that or like just something stupid or he, he forgot a homework assignment or something. And, like, instead of it being just, like, well, you're grounded, it was, like, it was just the grounding would just keep stacking on top of each other. And, like, it was, like, oh, well, first you take away one thing, like, whatever it is. You can't play video games for your hour that you're supposed to get a day for a week or something. And then it's, well, now you also can't watch TV for the rest of the week because you did something else, right? So it was just, like, the punishments of just, for me, I felt like was just always kind of like sort of trying to make him just be alone all the time. Like he didn't like it when we would leave to go for a hike on the weekends. And sometimes my son would come with us. And then like, eventually he didn't want to really come anymore because he wasn't allowed to talk in the car. He could like listen to his, like he had like a little iPod thing that had like videos on it and stuff. So he probably saw the same, however many episodes of Jimmy Neutron and SpongeBob, like a million times. Um, and he could listen to music cause we agreed that, uh, nobody should ever have music taken away from them. Um, so like, he, so he wouldn't be allowed to talk. And then if we were actually on the trail hiking, um, he didn't, he didn't want to hear nonsense about, doesn't that look like a wizard stick from blah, 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 or something like that. Like, but you know, he just kind of like wanted him to grow up always. And, um, so eventually he didn't really want to come hiking with us anymore. Um, and then, and that, yeah, not to mention just the whole, like every time I used to hate that he would do this, if it was just he and I out hiking, he never would usually take off and like be gone the way that he did every time we're hiking with him too. It was just like, well, I'm out of here. Right. I'm going to leave you guys back here. Um, and it was usually just because he thought that we would move slower and that we were talking the whole time and like all this stuff. And it was just like, Oh my gosh. Right. So my son eventually was just like, he doesn't want to come anymore. Um, and so we would go hiking um, by ourselves often and, would usually be grounded during these times and so he would I almost I feel like I probably almost always was out of the house first and then the after I would leave the house he would go through and grab like the tv remote the, the actual landline phone um and then of course like I think we probably already had the game controllers um and so he would just make sure that he like didn't have access to anything at all and just lock it all in our room um, and I had, I didn't really find out about any of that for a while. And so recently, so, so just uh, so to, sorry, had... <laughs> yeah, to I interrupt for one second, uh, just to explain right. uh, to everyone, um, that when, uh, Aubrey would go, uh, hiking with her, uh, her now ex, um, before he left the home, 
um, her son wanted to stay and he would go inside and uh, hide controllers and hide a bunch of things, move things around so people couldn't find them. But you really didn't know that yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then when I did find out, it was just like, and, and the reason with the phone that he would take that away is because my son would sometimes call us to find out where we were to know, like if he needed to like make a frozen pizza or whatever. Um, and like, so he didn't, he didn't like that he would call me all the time. And he's like, what, what, he's just a scaredy cat. He calls you all the time. And I was just like, I don't think he calls me all the time. And like, isn't that what kids are supposed to do? Like, what else would he do? So, so I have, I, I, that, I have a bunch of questions. Um, okay. and I hope you don't mind that interrupting. Um, so as far as, um, you know, your son goes, I'll try and ask them all at the same time. Uh, as your son goes, is he voicing to you like this isn't right at all? Like this guy is like, uh, doing these things to me. Like you're not seeing these things, number one. Uh, and, and two, have you started to realize at this point that your ex really likes all of the attention uh all from you like he doesn't want anyone else to get attention and like he is you know if someone's going to get attention in this family it's going to be me and not even this child and he's kind of making a way here or he's put a wedge between your family and you now he's put a wedge between you and and your child and you know unbeknownst to you these things kind of might be going on um so can you kind of explain uh, like that kind of dynamic of uh, of this point of the story yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure he was somewhat aware of things because the other, some of the other things as far as like the um, attention part was that he, my ex didn't think that me and my son should like sit on the couch and watch a movie together, the same couch and like have a blanket on us and stuff like that because we had two couches and there was no reason for him to sit right next to me on the couch. Um that was always a big thing. Um, and like, it was almost like we would get like, like I, I get, I don't know. Felt so much that way, but, um, like definitely it was kind of like a shaming kind of a thing. Like I remember I took a picture of him once, like on his first day of school for whatever grade, probably eighth at that point. And it was just like, you waited with him at the bus stop, didn't you? Why did you post that thing on Facebook? Like, he he needs to grow up. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just like, shut up, whatever. You know, you don't have your kids, and you'd probably be doing the same thing if you did. Well, I assume you would, but after getting to see him interact with his children, I, I don't know that he would be. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, so it was, it was it really, like, yeah, he did want all the attention. Um, and he was always so petty too. Often it felt like I, I felt like I had two kids with the way that, um, my ex would like say I made whatever for dinner, um, and there were leftovers and it was something that he knew my son would eat. It was just like a hundred percent either he would eat it all before my son got a chance to have the leftovers or that he would like be like, you can only have this many of them. And then he gets more of course, because he's bigger and he needs more 
calories and energy than my son does. So, um, I mean, I don't know if like, like things like that, if my son really picked up on, but I mean, definitely the things changing as far as like, oh, I'm not allowed to sit on the same couch with you anymore for some reason, like whatever. And it was like, well, you know, and like, he just always wanted him to be more independent. And he would always tell me like, you know, when you were 12, did you do this? Did you do that? And it was like, I, you know, I was a latchkey kid. So yeah, I grew up real fast. Like I could do all kinds of stuff by the time I was 12 years old, but it, I mean, the, the world changes, but like, at the same time, it was just like, you're right. And I don't like that he has to be so reliant and I should be helping him become independent and stuff like that. And so, so yeah, so that was like another part of just sort of, I guess like, yeah, putting like a wedge there, trying to have me look at him as more of like not a kid and as, you know, I I guess a young man that I, I shouldn't have to show affection towards at all. So, and, and did this, um, did your son argue with you about this at all? No. Yeah. So to answer that question too, as far as like, he, he never told me about like, he couldn't call me because he didn't have a phone. Like when we would get back that night it, or whenever we would get back, sometimes it was at night, sometimes during the day, it would just be like, yeah, no, he would never say like, oh, well, I couldn't call you because, you know, the phone's locked in your room or something like that, or it it wasn't on the hook or whatever. Like, so, and because he, I want to say that my ex had said something to him at one point about like, you don't need to call every time we leave the house or whatever, something like that. Um, and so he probably knew at that point that that was the reason the phone was getting hidden from him. And then of course, sometimes he would also just be grounded from using the phone because sometimes he would use the phone and just talk to his friends the whole time. And, which is normal. That's what kids do. So, yeah, so those were all things that were going on. But, I I mean, really, he didn't really tell me a lot of stuff. Um, So one one of the other things that I didn't find out for, I don't even, I mean, I don't know when the actual event happened versus when my son finally told me, but that that he had actually, he used to shame him all the time for being a bedwetter and think that it wasn't normal and, all of this other stuff. And I was just like, well, I've talked to his doctors and they suggest these things and I'd rather try this than putting him on some medication or some other extreme measure. Um, and that he, you know, of course, and so there was of course rules, but if he did wet the bed, he was supposed to get his bed sheets, wake up, get his bed sheets off, put on the clean set, um, all, you know, and then have it in the hamper. So that, that way when he got home from school the next day that he could, put it in the washer and take care of it and all of that stuff. Um, and he, at one point, um, and again, like I said, I don't know when this happened, but that he, that my ex had actually grabbed my son and held him by the throat and then had him against the wall, but then put his face near like the soiled sheets, like you would a dog. Um, thinking that maybe that would be a tactic that would like make him stop, which is like definitely not the way to do it. Uh, and I don't know, only, but I did like immediately, I was just like, no, like you don't get to do that. Like you don't get to be this rule maker and never be like the, the supporting father figure type at the same time. You don't get to just be like, do whatever you want kind of thing. And you know, I, nobody should touch anybody else's kids anyway. So that was like another part of it when it was just like, yeah, that sucked. Um, 
and so, and he never did touch him again after that. Um, and so, but, that, but, and that was, but, that was but the bully, like down. the outwardly, like uh, outward bully has now uh, shown himself, be, you know, kind of before there was this secret bullying kind of going on. Um, and now really, um, you know, a physical outward bully uh, showed up um, with, within the household right. at, at that point. Right, right. And then so things would be like instead of, if you know, if it couldn't be physical punishments, then it would be like, well, clean your bathroom or you know, go do this or do that. Like because you like the one time I know he was he made him. I guess we made him rake the leaves in the yard and we had like these three huge ash trees that ash trees, like when they lose their leaves, it's like all at once, it's everywhere. And he had done the leaf raking like the day before. And I think they were still in bags on the lawn. And um, my ex was like, you know, oh, well, he should have to rake all those leaves up again for lying and not doing what he's supposed to do. And when we came home, when we got back home, um, and after my son saw that, like, the leaves were spread back out all over the lawn, he just, like, started crying. And he was like, I, no way. Like, I'm I'm not going in there. I'm This is ridiculous. Well, like, I, I, I'm running away. I'm not going in there. Um, and so at that point, we did go in the house. And the three of us had, like, a discussion, which... I feel like this is often what happened if there was a disagreement of something or whenever, I guess, mostly if I got emotional that, like, of course, there was this conversation and we all just need to be more respectful and we need to communicate better. And 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 that was kind of always where it was. It was like, we're going to do things different. Like, it's not going to be that way anymore. And that clearly the way we're doing it isn't working. And we're going to we'll do this. We'll do that kind of a thing. And everybody has a voice and stuff like that. Um, which I mean, I, I still don't feel like that ever really happened. It, it always kind of came back down to like, but we say so. And so that's it. Um, there was a time once that, um, and so the, the part of it all that was like, it was the thing that, you know, it was always like, and I used to always say this to my ex too, is it's just like, you know, you can't just keep doing bad. You can't just keep being like, the bad attitude person always. And like, 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 and it's not, it's not going to work out. Like the good times need to outweigh the bad because you're just so because he would be really hot and cold and you never knew what you were walking into. Kind of. I always felt for my son that this must've been the worst for him because he would come home from school and I wouldn't be home for like another hour, hour and a half. And so he wouldn't know what kind of mood he was going to be in when he came home. And so it could have been, you know, did he go through my drawers in my room and find something that he thinks I shouldn't have? Um, did I, did I leave the shower curtain open too far? Uh, did I leave toothpaste in the sink or get it on the mirror? Um, it just like a nonstop like list of things that I can only imagine must have made him anxious every day coming home from school, especially if my ex was home at the time. Um, and it, one time I had to leave for three days for a training. Uh, and this was the first and only time that I ended up leaving him alone with my ex. Uh, because the first day when I left, everything was great. They were getting along. They were watching TV together. They 
played video games. Um, and then the next two days, my son was just like completely on his own to like get up and go to school. And the only time my ex would really interact with him was just to make sure that he was doing the things that he was supposed to be doing at different times of the day. Um, and for the time allotted that he was allowed to do things. Um, and then he would just spend like the rest of the night in our bedroom with the door shut. Uh, and that, you know, of course, if my son wanted anything at this point, well, now he had to go and knock on the door, but Typically, if the door is shut, my son doesn't want to come knock on the door because you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> you don't know if you're going to, he's going to be pissed off at you when he opens the door or, or what's going on. So, um, so that, that was always, I, I mean, that was, and that was the last time ever that I was just like, I always made plans with other families and stuff like that. I was like, never again. I was like, I can't believe that, like, it was kind of like a real, and we had had talks about it too at this time because like, so we've been, we had been together probably like two years at this point, maybe. And um, like going into the third year, it was, it was probably the worst year, but it was also like, uh, like at that time, it was just like, you know, like wondering, like, you know, are you still on board for like the things we've talked about? Like, we're going to get married one day. And like, at this point, it was just like, and you know, are you going to grad school? Have you made a decision about that yet? Like, I mean, you don't really talk about the future a lot. Um, so it was like, you know, things were getting kind of, I guess, wishy-washy as, as far as that goes. Um, and so, you know, and this was that, like one of the ways that he get he would get away with his lies, like and just being sneaky, of just saying, just like those are my plans right now, and it, it, it I didn't really realize the sneakiness of it, but he he has always been like a big words person, and you know words matter, and like how you say it matters, and um, so it was like a thing where that that way, you know, two years later, or however many years later, when it's like, sayonara, I'm out of here. And it's like, wait, whoa, but you just said last year that we were still on track for the same things in the future. And it's like, well, that's what I said then, but that's, that was how I said I felt then, or those were my plans then. Like, it's just like, so it would be a who knows, like kind of thing. Again, like what, what his mom said, you know, predictably unpredictable. Um, so, so in a way, you know, you are, you know, your son's getting, you know, the brunt of uh, the abuse and, and, you know, you're not fully aware of that and you are being future faked in uh, a lot of ways for this future, this plans that you've always wanted that at the beginning of the relationship that got you hook, line and sinker. And now uh, I guess the best way to put it is um, I guess the semantics or the, not the semantics, but the nuance of words within sentences. Um, if you're really paying attention, they are, changing. Uh, a lot of people might not hear uh, the change in the word. Sometimes it's sticking with just one extra word at the end of a sentence and it means a different thing. And in their mind, they spoke their truth, even though it's um, in, in a way it's like uh, trickery. It's like 
going to a lawyer, writing up a document and being like, okay, we signed this document. But then the lawyer goes, okay, oh, I have to fix one thing. And the lawyer goes and fixes that one thing. And you know where the fix is, but they added something else in another area, which you didn't see. And then you signed off on the document in, in that kind of way. So they can always go back and say, hey, you know, you signed this document. Here's the wording right here. But in reality, it was a little bit of a swerve. If that is that the best way to put it? Yeah, I mean, it's it, to me, yeah, it's just a clever way of um, being able to get away with not feeling guilty in the future that what you're doing isn't bad because you didn't lie. Like that, that person, that woman can yell until they're purple in the face about you liar, you promised me this, you promised me that. I can't believe you would do this after everything I've done for you, like which is probably exactly the route it would have gone if he, if I had not been the one to get rid of him. Um and the, you know, like the, but he can use it as a defense. I didn't lie. I didn't lie at all. Like, it, and it's just, ugh. so did it's, that throw you yeah. into confusion at that point? Like, how do you feel after those little things? Are you confused? Are you wondering? Are you challenging? Uh, do you, uh, let it slide? Uh, and if you don't like, does that cause friction, which makes things a lot worse? Um, I, well, so this, that had happened, I would say it's same or near, maybe kind of, I don't know. It's like now that that was five years ago, um, it was sort of around the same time. So it was like the year of like 2015 into 2016. Uh, and he had gone with his parents back out to see his kids on the West coast. And like, after he came back, like, he just wasn't, I mean, I just assumed he wasn't happy because he was sad that he wasn't around his kids anymore. Um, and that that was frustrating to him and that his ex-wife had this new man. I can't remember if they were married at this point or not. Um, and was going to, I don't know if she had her baby yet, but like, you know, her life was going just fine kind of a thing. And so I don't know, he came back from that, uh, that trip and like, I, I, I hands down, I think that that was probably the worst year of the relationship. It was like mid-2015 to the end of 2016-ish. And in that time is when uh, the social media stuff had started too, as far as like, um, so I had, he he would be on other people's pages or other women's pages, and he would be like liking their photos and making like inappropriate, like these are kind of creepy because you're supposed to be their friend comments kind of a thing. And, um, you know, and when I found that, you know, being disinvested into this relationship, because the the whole time that we were together, um, like I was paying for the rent. So basically instead of my family being the people who (laughs) I'm supporting completely, it ended up being him and my son. And so I'm paying the rent. I, I buy the food, I pay the bills. And one of the things that I actually like, because he was getting um, GI bill money to go to school. So he did have like some money each month that he was getting. Um, and, you know, yeah, you go to school, you focus on school. You and, and I had said, you know, send whatever you can to child support for your kids, like make your payments every month, you know, cause I know you can end up in jail if you don't pay them. And like, I, of course, don't want him to go to prison because he's, we're a future. So, yes, and like, I was just like, you know, and I think um, he was making his car payment, but then, you know, I think I even was just like, you know, and I bet your mom 
will even like if you're make cause his mom would always be on him about you need to pay child support you need to pay child support and because I was also a single mom who used to get child support payments but then wasn't getting them anymore I was just like you know it is really important that they get that and it's not easy doesn't matter if she has a new man in her life or whatever like they're your children and you don't want to sign them over to anybody else so yeah you should have to pay for them and so I was like, you know, and, and I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And so, and then also it was like, and then if, you know, you can't make your car payment one month, your mom will probably be more inclined to make it for you because she agrees also that you should use your money towards child support. So, yeah. So he was like living there scot-free is where I was going with that. But, um, and the, you know, that, but that was how I felt again. And so it was kind of, I thought it was doing the right thing and being supportive. And, you know, because again, I also had like these, I don't know, fantasies or future visions of like, maybe his kids would be able to come out and stay with us for a certain time of year. And, uh, you know, we could all get to know each other and be a bigger family and all of this stuff. And uh, so that was my unrealistic ideal future that uh, was never going to happen. But um, so while during this time, after he comes back from this trip, um, I don't even remember like how it happened, but yeah, he had started making all these comments on other people's pages. And when I find them, I'm just like, you know, I I have a thing like where I just like, I feel like I get like really shaky and like all of this other stuff and like huge nervous feeling and everything. And, um, it was just like, really, it it was horrible to see because it was just like, Oh my God. So we had a conversation about it and, you know, I told him how it made me feel and that it makes me upset and that, the reason it makes me upset is because it's exactly how we met. And so it just doesn't make me very comfortable at all. And that if I had done it, because I already knew, because I of course would never do it because he would freak out like that he wouldn't feel good about it either. And that that was exactly what he had told me in the beginning of our relationship. Like it was, it was a total double standard at that point. And it just was like infuriating. And then like when he wouldn't, stop doing it. He eventually made it so that like certain posts would be, you know, not seen by me or that because it, it had to be like, I can't even remember how, like, I don't know how the logarithms, whatever your notifications work in social media, but like depending on who the comments are on or what page they're on and stuff like that. Like it was just, yeah, I think I probably went crazy maybe to some extent with like, because he would tell me that, of course, I was crazy and that he does that with everybody. And it was like, no, you don't, because if you did, I would know about it. Like, he used to always love to tell me that I was the problem with with my son and that if I wasn't around, that my son was fine and that they got along fine uh, that he did everything right the first time and that he only does it half-assed when I'm home because he knows I won't check. Um, so like he, we were, for some reason, I don't know why we were arguing about it, but we were, and he ended up like, we were kind of, he was like on top of me while I was like under the covers already getting ready to like lay down and he gets on top of me and he's like yelling in my ear about how I'm the problem. And if I was just, if I would go away, that be fine and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm just, I'm like whatever, you're the problem. We, we get along fine without you. Like we lived alone together for years before you came in the picture. Like, I don't think we need you. And like, and then in the, like the struggle, the push or whatever to get him off of me, 
I did eventually somehow get him off of me. I don't remember how it happened, but when I did, he, I ended up like shoving him off of our bed. And, um, I think he, at this point, like smacks into the dresser. And, uh, so I get up and I was just like, we don't like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, of course, shooting my mouth off about how, you know, I'm a grown person. And did you think that I didn't have a life before you or that I didn't know how to do anything before you? Like I've been on my own since I was like 18. I'm pretty sure that, you know, we don't need you making rules for us and telling us how we should live or what our lives should be like. And, um, and it was like, and you're the one who makes all the rules and you're always changing the bar. And so I'm just like arguing with them and I'm on the bed at this point. I'm like kind of coming towards him, but like on my knees walking across the bed and, like next thing you know, I'm on the ground. He had like shoved me off of the bed and I flew across the bed and like land against the bathroom door. Um, which of course at this point now I'm just like, no, he didn't. Right. Cause I have always been that way my whole life. I'm lucky I've never had been beaten up by anybody with the way that I'm just like, I don't usually back down. And so I of course get up and I'm just like, you must be out of your, you know, your damn mind and blah, blah, blah. I can't believe you just did that. And, at this point, he does this thing that um, it's it's a wrestling move with, like, you shove your thumb really hard up under somebody's jaw. Um, and it, it pretty much makes you, like, you can't move. Like, you're all you're trying to do is, like, hold onto their arm or maybe somehow get your head, like, above their thumb in any way, shape, or form. It just it really hurts a lot. Um, and, like, you, if you totally you'll walk wherever they drag you with that happening. Like you're not, if you can't get their hand off of your face, like it's, it's not great. And so he's doing that. And I know I was like pretty, I was probably screaming. I know I was screaming pretty loud and I was really surprised my son didn't hear any of this or wake up because again, it was a trailer. And um, so he like shoved me on the bed and he was just like, you know, you don't know anything about getting beat up. And he's of course like telling me that he hopes that my next person beats me up and, so that I'll know what it's really like and that he should kill me, but he loves me too much. And so I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I can't believe this is like happening. And then, so he's still in his bad mood for however he even got into it, but he somehow always seemed to get into a bad mood with drinking. Like it got to the point where it was just like, you know, it would just be like, just, you know, maybe not interact, <laughs> just don't interact because he might get mad or something or start something because that's what he always likes to do. Um, um, so, uh, the end had kind of come around that, so, uh, we go on a camping trip where it's like a horrible time. Um, and when we get back from that, because my son had been home all weekend alone, um, he, uh, as soon as we get home, I get home later, but when I get home, like things are thrown in the sink and he's like having a huge fit about, you know, he had been in our room, um, he did this, he stole from him, um, all of this stuff. And like, I have to wash everything. It, and by that, that means me, I'm going to have to wash everything because it's all been touched and it's all filthy now. And, um, and at the same time, and this is all in front of another couple that is like at the house with us too. And so then at the same time, my son is like, no way I'm coming home. He's going to freak out. He could kill me, all of this stuff. Um, and so we, what had happened was, so we, we had taken a walk one night during this period and I ended up getting hurt and he like, didn't stop or anything and all of this stuff. And it's like, comes after like just this other weekend of where he had been a complete jerk while we were camping and like hanging all over the other person's words and stuff. And, um, so 
he, he doesn't even notice that we get home. I'm upset with him already. Um, and then a couple days later, he goes to the lake and he takes one of my kayaks and he takes um, some beer with him. And he's out all day and he's, he gets drunk while he's out there and he like, has meat and food. And on his way back to the house, he crashes his car. So I get a phone call and it's like three or four hours after I've been off of work already. And he's like, oh, I just need you to come get the kayak and then we'll drive the cars back to the house. And when I get there... It's totally wrecked. There's no way this car is going to start. He is like, and he's trashed, like just trashed. And where we live, it would have like gotten the state police out there because it wouldn't have been any like local cops or whatever. And also people around here are like very nosy. And so if they see a car on the side of the road, they are going to stop and ask if you need help and find out what's going on. And are you somebody I know? Um, so I show up and he hadn't really described the situation very well over the phone. Um, and I had already had a few glasses of wine myself after I had been home from work all day. And so I show up and yeah, so he's trashed and now we've got to get the kayak on my car. We have to get all the stuff out of his car, um, and get back to the house before anybody calls the state police and they show up because at this point we're probably both going to go to jail and I don't want to, and I just, that's not an option for me. And so um, we get back to the house and, and I think I was even yelling at him, like, you know, how inconsiderate it was of him to not like be upfront with how bad it was. Um, and he, there, a guy was even just like, you guys need to get out of here. You need to get out of here. Like leave the car, just get out of here, you know? And so it was, it was a nightmare. Um, and so he didn't really, I don't think he really felt anything about the fact of like, yeah, no, we could have both gotten in a lot of freaking trouble that night. And um, so his car is a total wreck, of course. Uh, and so now he doesn't have a vehicle. Um, and uh, we, after we, so we take a walk this one time and then I get hurt. And then like afterwards, he's just like, what happened to your knee? And I was just like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I was like, you, if, if this had been so-and-so, you know, you would have, this never would have had, like you would have been right there and all this stuff. And like, you were horrible that weekend. My son won't come home because of you, blah, blah, blah. Like you treated your kids like shit, like you're not a good person. And I was like, I'm done. And so I went upstairs and one of his big, I started unpacking the stressor because he had paid for it. And I like, again, he's very petty. So like, as soon as like that happened, it was like immediate, like I was emptying my dresser drawers, getting everything off of it. Like, you know, of course he was going to take anything he paid for, um, with him and like, you know, and all of this stuff. And, um, so we, we separate everything. I'm now in my bedroom. Everything in the bedroom is mine. Nothing is his. Uh, and usually when we would fight like this, um, so he sleeps downstairs that night. And, but usually the next day, like it would just be made up kind of, it was just like, Oh, she had wine or this or that, you know, whatever. She's just being that it'll be fine tomorrow. She's not going to be for real. Like we, we've done this before. And, um, but then the next day, uh, I decided to stay home and work, but I had to go to my office and get my stuff. And so when I came back, he had tried to move back up into the bedroom and he like put his water bottle on his, what used to be his nightstand and has his pillow back in the bed. And he's got his like, you know, split, he's ready to, go back to sleep or just hang out in bed or whatever. And I get there and I'm just like, what are you doing in here? Get out. There's literally nothing in here that is yours anymore. This is your leaving. I've already, and his parents were on their way up to bring him a car. 
And since his was a total wreck, they were going to give him one of theirs. And so I had messaged his parents and I was like, you need to take your son back home with you. He's not welcome here anymore. And so that was what they did. They came up the next day. Um, and that morning when I got back and like, I grabbed his stuff and I put it out in the hallway so that I was just like, no, you're not in here anymore. You're done. Um, and I know he wanted to hit me. I could tell by the look on his face when I walked by him, uh, that he was not happy with what was happening. Um, and so, yeah, they came the next day, uh, they got him a, uh, U-Haul. They helped him move all of this stuff out. Uh, before they could do that, he took my son's laptop, he took the modem, he hid them in the house somewhere and wouldn't tell me where he hid them. Um, yeah. And, and that was it. Uh, it's just that he was gone after that. And, and yeah, so that was it. I, I finally just, I, I felt like I had the upper hand kind of. Um, I had always been worried in the past that because I had had like people had given me advice before as to like, you know, just do this, just do this, tell him 30 days and then he has to get out and we'll come up and make sure that he doesn't do anything to you and that he gets out. Like some of our, 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 um, shared military friends were like, we'll come up and make sure that you're safe and everything and nothing happens to you. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I, I just, I was. I was always worried that like, if I embarrassed him, that he would do something to get back at me. And I mean, it's, and it's because that was his pattern. Like he had done that to people already so much. And that it was just like, this is exactly what he's going to do. He's very petty. He doesn't like to lose. He doesn't like to be wrong. Um, and for me, I think because I, it definitely like, for me, it was embarrassing. Like, I mean, here I was talking about this guy. He was going to be so great. Um, I love him so much and this and that. And he's so supportive, you know, for it to be like, this is not what I thought I was going to get. And, you know, yeah, he, I mean, and I remember even like talking to one friend and just being like, relationships are hard. And, you know, sometimes you have to compromise to make it work and communication is important and like kind of just always making sort of excuses for it but I mean I had so many conversations with myself where I was just like you're not happy like why are you doing this why and it was just I was just really always afraid of the repercussions of if it if if it had gone any way that he didn't want it to go when he was ready to leave um which I kind of felt like automatically it was going to be as soon as he got his own job and he could get his own place and he would be working um, at the university he was um, attending. Uh, they already, like, were thrilled about him working there. And it was just like he was going to find somebody new. He was going to – because he, you know, repeatedly it had been, if I ever leave you, it'll be because of Reese and how bad a mother you are and that, you know, and, you know, if – sorry, I didn't – I did it again. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was also concerned that my son would never come home again if he turned 18 and was able to be out of the house and, and that he wouldn't be allowed to stay at the house if he came back and that it wouldn't be his home anymore. Like that kind of a thing. Um, so I, that was, I just, that was kind of it at that point. And, you know, I knew I had his parents, his parents also knew some of the stuff and this, like they got, they knew, they, they saw how he was towards me. Like everybody did, you know, the, the one couple that we camped with, they were like, they had conversations after the camping trips where they were like, do you think it's like that all the time? Because why does she put up with them? Like, 
And it wasn't. And that was like part of the thing is it was just like that. It was part of the confusing part of just like, why are you acting like this now? Like reality at home isn't that you hate me or you don't like me. Like reality at home is that we're friends and we're partly like we're, we're lovers. We're friends. Like we like each other we love each other. But like whenever in front of his parents or, you know, other people, his friends that would just act, he would just act like he didn't like me. Like it was just so weird. It was like, you're, they know you're in a relationship with me. Like, I don't know why you're acting this way. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I would even tell him about it. And it just, it never changed anything. He still would do it. Um, sometimes less days when we would be in front of people than other days. But so, uh, yeah, it was just. It was so when it comes to your healing and then your son's healing and then your combined healing together, how are you doing individually and how are you doing, uh, together as far as, you know, um, uh, I guess, uh, apologizing, you know, for, for what happened and understanding everything that happened to him and repairing your relationship if it was uh, frayed a little. Yeah, we actually just talked about this the other night. Um, so I, I mean, I definitely don't think until like, and I mean, cause I think it's not something I think most of us know what, when a narcissist is doing what they're doing or how, why they're doing those things or how they're even tactics at all. Um, but like, you know, like we, we were, I was like, I don't really feel like our relationship has changed really as far as, um, I guess, I mean, I don't even know how I would say that our relationship hasn't changed much. One of the things that I that did change was like our being affectionate towards each other because like, like I said, that was a thing that was shamed because, you know, he's a growing boy and he shouldn't be so dependent on his mom and blah, blah, blah. And all of that, you know? And, um, and like, so even like the, uh, like when he was younger before my ex moved in, like we would watch movies on my bed together, like, and, or we would watch movies all day in the living room together on like snowy days and stuff like that. And that was a thing that, you know, we weren't allowed to do anymore once we lived with my ex. And, um, but we're starting to get that back now. So that's been nice, but I also feel like I kind of got cheated out of five years of, um, you know, hanging out with my, my son too, uh, because of him. So what I did was, uh, one of the things I didn't want to be ruined for me was music and my favorite band, because he was coming with me to concerts this entire time. Um, even though he didn't really like the band. And so I just kind of decided to like throw myself into this band's like family, like the online groups and all of that stuff. And, um, I went solo for one of the tours, uh, and then I decided to like, join a person I'd never met before and go to Europe for the Europe tour. And, um, I just really threw myself into that community and which I, I, I feel is a little bit therapeutic too, because of just all the talking and like that these are people who they don't really know anything about me or anything, but like at the same time, it's just, I don't know, getting to talk about it. And I know for a lot of people I have found this, like, I feel like they, it's, 
it's hard until you hear the little stories of the things that, you know, like are going on that, that you don't, you had no idea about because why would I ever tell you how horrible some things can be? And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a thing that it always seems like they, that's, it's hard for people to understand of like, what, what did he do? What did he do? You know, was he cheating on you constantly? Was he doing this? Was he doing that? Like, and it's like, no, he wasn't, you know? And like, and like, I know the one woman that I had traveled with for all of the damn stuff, she was just like, you know, she was like, I just want somebody who I can go on vacations with and discover new things and do this and that. And it was like, yeah, I was like, well, that's, that's what I felt like a lot of the times I had with, with my ex was because that was what I thought we were going to be doing. And when we were getting along, it was great. And we did want to go do all these things together and explore and see new things. And, um, and she was like, well, then why didn't it work out? And I'm just like, cause he was a mean, <laughs> he was just like, I mean, it's, it's seems weird like the baby was just like no he was mean like it was no it was not fun I I explained to one of my coworkers, I was like it was like very liberating to not have him hovering around me constantly in the house knowing everything I do like listening to every conversation I might have and like everything like I mean it was really just like making all the rules like picking the tv shows we're gonna watch like what products are we gonna buy and like, it was just, yeah, it was like, it was a control in a different way. And I mean, because obviously I was the one who was in control of like, you know, having electricity or running water or a place to live or whatever and stuff like that. And like buying food and all of that. But like, I, I maybe it was, yeah. So, I mean, it just really, it was nice. It was definitely very, very liberating when he was finally gone and you didn't have to worry. So for uh, everyone who's listening, do you have any advice or uh, wisdom for them who are people who are going through the exact same thing? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I think is like that it's, it's not, it's not your fault is the first part. Um, so I don't know. It's, I mean, it's not our fault. I think that we're easy targets too. Um, and I think that comes from the side of like being forgiving and, you know, yeah, like wanting, yeah, having empathy for somebody who's like gone through this horrible thing. And like, yeah, so it was uh, thinking, I guess, that you could fix them kind of too was part of it that, you know, like, I guess that's why I say like the change behaviors and, doing things to make just to get the happy times and not get the bad times. So, I mean, I guess I, the, I think it's great that there is a Facebook group now that people can go and write things that, you know, of, of what's going on and get support. Uh, that was another thing. There's a few other podcast groups that I'm, I feel like I'm in a cult with those people too. Um, and they're just hugely supportive people. They're not mean and like it's, yeah, try and try to find support. 
Well, Aubrey, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show today. So um, I know your story is going to help a lot of people. It's a story that, you know, we haven't, um, I mean, we have a lot of stories that are relationship stories, but, you you know, yours was a little different because it involved uh, your son at the same time. So thank you for uh, telling us a story that I'm sure someone else is going through the exact same uh, thing right now, and you're going to help that person most uh, definitely. So thank you for being here. Thank you. And for everyone else who is listening, I hope you have a good night.